0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Well, I can never master that first line. It's always, always, (laughs) always fumble up. Uh, First off, I just want to send a special thanks out to you guys. Uh, You know, the Power Rankings slash NBA Finals preview episode has been up for a whopping two days now. And it is the most listened to podcast that we've done since March. So thank you for that. Uh, but we're just gonna go ahead and get right on in. And, uh, Brad, how are you, man? Are you ready?
1: Yeah, dude, I'm well. Let's let's get after this week three.
0: <sighs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna skip the Thursday matchup. I do, I think we talked about that a little bit on the live show. But I mean, if not, it doesn't matter. But go right ahead and uh, get into our one o'clock matchups here. The o the o two Texans met the two and o Steelers, and the Texans are now o and three, and the Steelers are now three and o. The Steelers have a a 28-21 victory, and their opponents combined of uh, zero wins this year. But outside of that, what did you think of the game?
1: Um, It was kind of worrisome in the first half. Uh, Deshaun Watson was playing really well. Um, At one point in time, they were up 14-3. Steelers have been getting off to some slow starts on offense in their first three games. Hopefully that will start to change. More Ben gets repetition with this young group of uh, wide receivers. And, um, you know, it's really just a tale of two halves. The Texans, you know, were dominant, went up 14-3. to And then uh, the Steelers storm back, go up 17-14. And with less than a minute, Deshaun in about five plays marches down the field. Kind of shows what he can do and what he's capable of. And they go in with a lead at halftime. And then the second half started and the Steelers defense took it to an entire another level. I don't know if anything really changed in the game other than what the Steelers defense was able to do. Kind of put the clamps on Deshaun Watson. I put a little graph up in real talk. He was five for nine for 60 some yards and a pick in the second half. Um, Steelers defense plays lights out. And I know we've allowed 21, 21 and 16, I believe are the three point point totals. But in today's NFL, if you keep a team at 21 and under, you should be able to win that game. So no complaints on that. Nitpicking a little bit, just would like to see us start a little bit faster, but Steelers look real good. And the Texans, once again, they don't really have much on defense other than J.J. Watt, and they're missing one more playmaker on offense. Texans, I still think are in trouble.
0: Yeah, we've both, we've both agreed that the Texans are, are in trouble. And I, I did tell you guys on the live show that I thought this would be an interesting game because this would have been the easier of the three opponents that the Texans have played. And they've played two very good ones. Obviously, they played, the, the, the in my opinion, the hardest three-game stretch of the entire, entire season. But uh, I wasn't shocked by the outcome. I did, I did think the Steelers would win this. What did you think of—you you watched the game live, correct? hmm What do you think of Anthony McFarlane got seven touches in the game?
1: Um, he was a nice burst of pace. Um, definitely our fastest running back, at least it looks the part. He's pretty elusive. I think he'll he'll be able to show some some good stuff in the screen game, which I think is good why they got him going running. But um yeah, I don't think he's close to being our number one or number two option. But um Definitely in certain situations, you know, when he walks on the field, he's a guy that you got to, you know, he's different from what you're facing the rest of the game. So as a change of pace, I think he did a nice job. Nothing to really write home about, but yeah, he looked good for, we got him in the third round, I believe. Um, And he he looked, he looked like a, he looked pretty good. Okay. Moving
0: right along. We got the number two game. It's uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game ends in a dead tie. Uh both teams' records are 0-2 and 1 after the game. Uh Joe Burrow was he Joe didn't Burrow. do anything he <laughs> didn't do anything to lose in the game. I mean, 31 of 44, 312 yards, two touchdowns. So in the last two games, he's thrown over a hundred passes and zero interceptions. For a rookie, that's extremely impressive. Uh, you can kind of tell where the where the Bengals are struggling, though. 17 carries from Joe Mixon for 49 yards not the way that you want to carry the football um the Eagles you know Carson Wentz has been an issue that's something that we've discussed throughout you know this year obviously as it's been going on and he was no better in this game 29 of 47 225 one touchdown two picks Uh, they had some solid running from Miles Sanders but I guess what I wanted to focus on with this game is just like overtime because I watched pretty much the entire overtime uh, after the Patriot game was over, and it, it bad football, A, and B, you just you seen two teams that just didn't seem like the especially the Eagles didn't seem they wanted to put them away, you know. Because would we agree that the Eagles to the team? Yeah, yes, I, I at least I would think, you know. So,
1: gosh, the Eagles are in trouble. Um, I, I know a lot of people are knocking Doug Peterson for going for the tie, really. But if the Browns beat the Cowboys and the Eagles win this week and the Redskins lose, which they're going to, to the Ravens, <laughs> the Eagles are number one in the division. <laughs> the Eagles, with a win this week and a Cowboys loss and a Redskins loss, they're winning the division. That's so the literally div-
0: the, baffling.
1: Yeah, the division's so crazy. Um, I know there's a lot of teams we've been, you know, hit or miss with. I think the Bengals are a team that we've kind of been exactly right spot on from the beginning of the podcast. Um, They're going to be able to do some things on offense. Joe Burrow is going to be good. But they can't overcome the bottom five offensive line and bottom five defense that they have. Um, To tie the Eagles I still think is impressive because – Carson Wentz, everyone thought this was going to be a bounce-back game, so maybe kudos to the defense a little bit. I want to have a a big, massive shout-out to Robbie James Edwards III. Hit me up with an incredible statistic that is just a fun little nugget. The last three first-round picks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, have all tied before winning in their NFL career. I'm gonna say that again. The last three number one overall picks, Baker Mayfield against the Steelers week one, Kyler Murray against the Lions, and Joe Burrow against the Eagles, have all tied in the NFL before they've won a game. I thank you so much, Robbie. I couldn't I honestly was just laughing out loud when I heard that first stat. I and,
0: love it, uh, it, it I love holds the stat. true.
1: And that that is just that is bizarre. Might be the weirdest stat or just nugget ever, but had, had, to, had to beat Robbie there.
0: Yeah, you know, b- back to what you were just saying a second ago, of all the things that we've predicted this year, we've whiffed on a lot of things. We've been right on a lot of things. But I think we have nailed the Bengals. First off, Joe Burrow, friend of the podcast. I mean, literally, we've predicted his season. We knew that he was going to be great. His offensive line was going to be terrible. They were going to throw it a ton. And they were gonna lose. I mean, that's literally what they've done.
1: Yeah, the Bengals have to have a positive outlook. You know, they're they're just they're no, they're gonna finish fourth in the division, and they're gonna be able to get a monster offensive lineman in the draft next year. And they might even want to try and if AJ Green's gonna leave, they gotta try and get another pick or lineman that's proven because across their entire line they're just poor. And I would.
0: When, if I was them, I would resign AJ Green because right now, they're not hurting for cap space. They need in uh, a veteran wide receiver. AJ Green is still good now, mind you. He's been targeted a ton. Hasn't really had the production this season, but he fits them.
1: Yeah, um, Joe Burrow's on pace to be sacked seventy-five times this that's, year.
0: That's incredible.
1: Um, he leads the league in being sacked and how many times he's been hit. So they got to try and correct that. And just last thing on the Bengals with the A.J. Green, I don't know if it's necessarily the Bengals' choice. I don't know if A.J. Green wants to be a Bengal. Um, I think from the Bengals' side, you'd always want an A.J. Green. He's going to make sense on 32 teams in the NFL. I mean, it's A.J. Green. And with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. But is the writing on the wall? Is that why they drafted T. Higgins You know, with their second pick instead of a lineman, which is bizarre to me? But we'll see where the Bengals are going forward. They're going to be fourth in the division, but... They lack no excitement when watching them.
0: Go ahead and move on to the second game, uh, team that I've I refuse to just give up on, but I obviously have my reservations Now. The San Francisco 49ers moved to two and one. They beat the 0 3 Giants pretty handily, even with backups virtually all over the field. Uh, this team has an identity. They tried to stick to it, and they were not successful. They ran it over 30 times for less than 100 yards. Not really a, uh, a successful game plan, but you know what? The Giants are just so bad that it doesn't matter. Uh, Daniel Jones, 17 of 32 for 179. No touchdowns and a pick. He had 49 yards on the ground, but gosh, the Giants are just bad. Devontae Freeman, his debut with the Giants, 5 carries, 10 yards. Just nothing to speak of here in this game. It's just really two teams that you would assume are bad, but the, the Niners rolled them.
1: The Niners are still good. They're just going to go from blowing out teams to having to win normal games. They're just not a juggernaut anymore. They're still good. I do think they're third or fourth in their division, um, them and the Cardinals. But you have to give the edge to the Cardinals just because they beat them already. But it's such a good division. Um, New York Giants, total offense, 31st. Scoring offense, 31st. Rushing, last. Third down defense, last. Giveaways, second. Everyone wants to say the Jets are the worst team. The Giants aren't far behind. It's, it's kind of like comical how bad the New York teams are, and that's all you can take out of this. The 49ers practice squad went into New York and rolled them. That's all you can do, right? And we're going to have to learn a lot about the 49ers, though, in that sense because they played the Cardinals team and lost when they were pretty much healthy. Then they get banged up against the Jets in a win and then play the Giants in a win. So they've played the worst two teams in the NFL following a loss to the in-division Cardinals. So keep a close eye on the 49ers going forward because they just had two bye weeks for all their injured players.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get to the next game, a game I watched every minute of. 2-1 uh, Patriots defeat the 2-1 and Raiders 36-20. to This game was... Interesting, in the first quarter, it was 3-0, Vegas. And it just seemed like, you know, maybe this might be a hard-fought, hard-fought game. But New England was consistently dominant throughout the rest of the game, uh, especially the third quarter. But Patriots do this in a way that I don't think a lot of people thought. They did it on the ground without Cam Newton. 100 yards from Sony Michelle on only 9 carries. 50 yards with 2 touchdowns on the ground from Burkhead on only 6 carries. And then Burkhead added another 50 yards on uh, through receiving with a touchdown. He had a big game, three touchdowns. Uh, The Raiders just weren't the Raiders that they've seen through two games, and I think a lot of that was the Patriots' defense. They got beat up by Russell Wilson, but it's still very good, as if I as I said. So, I uh, go ahead.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Well, I uh anyway, um, just looking at it from an outside perspective because I didn't get to watch it. Just uh, keeping up with like the bottom line and stuff. You know, it just seems like, you know, the Raiders have some good pieces and they came out and played well off the the script in the first quarter and were up three nothing. And then when it comes to adjustments, that's where Bill Belichick comes in and, you know, they didn't lose a quarter the rest of the way, 13, 10, 13, consistent scoring. And that was always going to be the problem with the Raiders. It was, you know, they have this fun offense, it's explosive, but their defense has a lot of question marks the Patriots started to expose that they took away Darren Waller and uh, the Raiders just didn't have enough juice. The Raiders are a fun team. They're going to win. They're going to win some games this year. They're going to, they might even win more than they lose, but when they play those upper echelon teams, I, I don't know. Cause we're, jury's still out on if the saints are still an upper echelon team, at least without Michael Thomas. So um, they could have exposed the saints, but the Raiders are a good team with a lot of firepower and offense. It's just you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, that's always a tough, tough team.
0: The, the biggest two takeaways of the Raiders in this game, they had three fumbles and they lost all of them. Ouch. So that, that's big. You can't fumble three times against New England. You just, you, you, you can't, For, you can't fumble three times against any team, but especially not a good team. That's well coached. You, you just can't. And this, the second thing is the Raiders are extremely beat up. They lost another starting receiver in this game as well. And they were basically relying on Hunter Renfro. Some of you guys might remember from Clemson caught the game winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson. But outside of that, I mean, he's not a name in this league. He had six catches for 84 yards of touchdown. I mean, this was all new England
1: once, uh, once they got rolling. So I, I do want to point out though, that, you know, two weeks in a row now quarterbacks have had a little bit of success on new England's secondary, you know, it might not be the same without Patrick Chung back there as well. I'm not saying they're still not great, but, Russell Wilson did what he does, but I mean Derek Carr, no interceptions. At least I'm not seeing one on the, the box report here. Um, 24 for 32, two sixty and two touchdowns. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. See, um, but the Patriots are are scoring a ton of points, so that might not have to be as good. So,
0: for what it's worth, for what it's worth, the the Raiders scored late in the late in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and it was all passing. Uh, on that drive when the Patriots were pretty much in pre-event with another minute to go. So uh, there might've been 60-ish yards tacked on with a touchdown. So
1: I still think that's a positive for Derek Carr though. You go, you go full 60, no picks against the Patriots or no turnovers. He took,
0: he took care of it for the most part. He did have two lost fumbles though,
1: Mm -hmm. which is big. Uh, Moving
0: on this, uh, this didn't, I, preseason i thought this was going to be a big game it turned out to be a solid game uh the tennessee titans moved to 3-0 and defeating the minnesota vikings who moved to 0-3 and they win 31-30 i mean tremendous game from from the vikings on a what's been a bad year for them i mean dalvin cook holy cow 22 for 181 in a touchdown Kirk Cousins was was good, sixteen and twenty seven, two fifty one, three touchdowns, but he had two picks, and that's probably the difference. Uh, Justin Jefferson, who I said on the live show, wasn't quite ready to burst out. Well, he made me eat my words. Seven catches for one seventy five and a touchdown, including I think a seventy yarder somewhere in there. The biggest difference, though, Tannehill—he completes a ton of balls—and Derrick Henry obviously runs hard, and it just Tennessee's—you going to have to beat them. Because they're not beating themselves. They're not turning the ball over a ton. And uh it seems like everybody else that plays them is. So
1: And that's what this comes down to is the turnover battle because Goskowski makes six field goals. I mean that's that's just incredible. That just doesn't happen. Like that's a career day, obviously, and it's I'm just looking at the box score. Dalvin Cook has hundred and eighty one yards. Justin Jefferson, 175. I believe the Vikings had a total of 500 yards of offense.
0: Uh, no, the Vikings had 464. Tennessee had 444.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at a game where there's 900 yards of offense. Yeah. 31 30. I don't even know. That's just a wild game. But the Vikings, you know, with the Packers and, and the way the Bears are playing, I, they're fourth in the division right now. And uh, they're going to have to start winning games. And this was not, I don't know. I like, you like what you see from the defense, but the offense can't move the ball. Now the offense moves the ball and the defense, is you know, giving up 31 points. But I don't know. The Vikings just don't seem like we know, like, I don't know. I don't like the Vikings or the Titans. And one's 3-0 and one's 0-3. They're just two tricky teams. Vikings are so much different than last year. It's like we're still trying to figure them out.
0: Yeah, the Vikings are gonna beat bad teams. Because they are well coached and they have offensive firepower. But they're gonna struggle against really good teams, especially if they're turning the ball over a bunch. It's just not gonna be not gonna be enough. So moving on to our next game, the Cleveland Browns move to two and one, defeating the Washington football team who moves to one and two, thirty four to twenty. And it seems like The Cleveland Browns coach, Kevin Stefanski, he's listening to me. Week one, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for, I believe it was 23 touches on the ground. And I said they needed to do more. Week two, I think they combined for 31 or 30-so touches. I said they needed to do more. This week, they combined for 35 touches. The number's still going up. I'd like to see them almost in the 40 range. I think that would be really ideal. Obviously, you don't want to become too run committed. Uh, but Baker, only 23 passes, and he was successful. No picks, two touchdowns. Um, you know, Odell doesn't want to hear this, but this is a running football team. This is how they beat people. Run it down their throats. You know, they were, they were pretty good at it. You know, Chubb averaged 5.7 yards a carry on 19 carries. I mean, that's, that's good running. Outside of that, I got nothing on this game.
1: Uh. Washington had a, scared him there a little bit, you know, yeah, a bit, a down bit. at the end of the first quarter. Um, I'm sure some of the Ohio natives watching the Browns enjoyed watching Chase Young for a little bit till he had the injury kind of bittersweet for the Browns fans. But um, Kevin Stefanski came in and he's a run first coach. They got speed bagged by the Ravens. They didn't really get a chance to even run a legit offense. It was just a mess. Then the last two weeks, they're getting the running backs more involved, which is what I believe all Browns fans have been crying out for. It's what all, you know, a lot of the guys in sports talk show media have been, been crying for. And Colin Collard gave me a stat yesterday and today that when Baker Mayfield throws 26 or less times, he's 7-1 in his career. When he throws 27 or more times, he's 8-17. Baker Mayfield although you did take him in the first round maybe you wish you could have it back and you could have taken Nick Chubb with the first overall pick and Baker in the second round <laughs> but either way that's their offense and when Baker is you know has a lead or it's you know they're even if it's a small lead when he's playing comfortably and the running game is going he really has the skills to be able to you know extend a few plays hit a lot of receivers around around the whole whole gridiron but when this team falls behind, they look like a mess when they when they can't run the ball. And and that's going to be the story of the Browns. It's, it's you know, even if they go down, can they still commit to the run game to get back into it? Because clearly if, if they ask Baker to do it, he, he can't. He hasn't shown that he can at least. Maybe he will in the future, but it's not how they want to play. They want to play run first. I think all Browns fans are happy to hear that. In the last two weeks, they've done that and they've gotten dubs. And they should be able to run against a pretty weak Cowboys defense. I, I think they'll have a big day. That, that's
0: going to be a super intriguing match. I can't wait to talk about that on the live show. Um, I can't wait. I mean, the two teams are more similar than they want to give themselves credit for. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, I don't really have too much to go say more about this game. I will say one more thing, I guess. Cleveland fans have got to be excited to see that their team didn't tank one in the fourth quarter they were down 20 to 17 and they scored 17 straight to close the game out that's that's huge i don't care who you're playing that's that's big boy football and that's going to win you games down the stretch and personally that's championship football when you can close games out like that so Moving right on to the game that I think we we both predicted was probably gonna be the game of the week if 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 we were able to watch it, we both said this was game we wanted to watch, but obviously our team's both played at one o'clock. Buffalo Bills moved to three and oh, defeating the Rams, who moved to two and 32 this was a sorry well wow. <laughs> did you hear that
1: nope,
0: oh interesting well, um back to what I was saying. We, t- we called this one and it almost got out of hand early 21 to 3 i think it actually even opened up to 28 to 3 i think yeah it did and then la begins to score 29 unanswered but it's not enough cuz buffalo punches one in late for the loss we kind of talked about this in our power rings yesterday rankings yesterday josh allen was incredible i apologize publicly for him it, it just seems like nobody has an answer for josh allen right now and he didn't even barely run it this past week. He had eight yards rushing, five total touchdowns. He's just – if Russell Wilson wasn't an absolute god, we would be talking more about Josh Allen.
1: Yeah, I think I think right now uh, Russ, Josh, and uh, Rodgers are the best three quarterbacks, at least currently in form, right now in the league. I don't think anybody would put a, a different fourth quarterback up there. Uh, maybe Mahomes. But um, – I don't know. Let's stick it to the Rams-Bills. I don't like how the Rams gave up such a huge lead early. That's scary for them. And I don't like how the Bills almost tossed it away. I mean, these two teams are really even. They're they're right there in our power rankings next to each other. They're both in the top seven, I believe, or eight in our rankings. Top ten for sure. And you look at it and it's like, if it was 35-32, you would have thought this was just like a trading punches the whole way one team scores one gets a stop you know but it was really the bills got to blow out the rams and then the rams got to blow out the bills neither team put together a full game but who's got the better quarterback right now the bills do and he's the one who had the ball late and he made a play so um kudos to josh allen for leading his team to a victory um jared goff played well too Um, And I think a good sign for Rams fans is they they run first under Sean McVay. And last year when they were down or in bad situations, they abandoned the run completely from Todd Gurley. Well, they stayed with the run this game. 20 carries, 114 for Daryl Henderson. And, you know, both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods had big days. Uh, Diggs and, you know, the whole Bills offense played well. It was just a really fun game. But it was like you got to watch everything the Bills do good, and then everything the Rams do good, and it just came down to the last drive. Really intriguing game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to add. I I did, I did think the Bills were probably the better team, and they picked up the W. But uh, the Rams, I tell you what, they're still they're still a factor moving forward. As as we both said, we they're in our power rankings.
1: But the Rams did showcase they still have that ability, that rare ability to just boom points out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. They scored, they scored nineteen points, or twenty-eight. I'm sorry, twenty-nine. Scored, yeah, twenty-nine unanswered points. Fast. It was almost on like five straight drives. They scored. It, was, scored, it scored. was.
0: super quick. It was I'm like you're watching I'm...
1: the bottom line. Every time it pops up, there's a new score for the Rams. It was. Yeah, incredible.
0: yeah. It was very crazy. Um, moving on. Chicago Bears move to three and zero, defeating the Atlanta Falcons, who move to zero and three. Bears pick up the victory, thirty to twenty-six. This is all about Atlanta. Atlanta blows another one. They're up twenty-six to ten going into the fourth quarter. Chicago scores twenty unanswered. A lot of Nick Foles. Nick Foles comes in, and uh, after Trubisky's benched. 16 of 29 for 188 and three touchdowns, one pick. Matt Ryan wasn't terrible. Uh, What more do you have here?
1: We didn't learn anything new about the Falcons. They are who we thought they were. And what we did learn about the Bears is when the rest of the roster doesn't have that unbearable weight of knowing Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback, they play better. It could have been... It could have been anybody who walked in. It could have been any quarterback. It could have been Jared Stidham. It could have been Mason Rudolph. Knowing Mitch Trubisky isn't their starting quarterback, the rest of the team just completely turned on in another gear. Allen Robinson catching balls, breaking tackles. Anthony Miller running across the middle. Jimmy Graham has two touchdowns. Where's he been before? The entire team seemed to reach a new gear when Mitch Trubisky was benched. And it's it's exciting to see where this team can go going forward with the Nick Foles. Falcons suck.
0: The Falcons are really bad. It, yeah. <laughs> the, the crazy thing is.
1: They've had chances to win them all.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm moving back to Nick Foles here. I mean, the people, the 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 Eagles players didn't want Nick Foles to go. They liked Nick Foles. They wanted him over over Carson Wentz. So I I think Chicago's gonna very quickly realize they have a, a guy that the players want to play with and want to pass to. And Nick Foles has a big arm. Chicago weather's not gonna bother him. I mean, I think it's a great fit. I'm I'm shocked it took this long. I guess I'll say that. I'm shocked it took this long.
1: I think they just had to confirm it. If you started before the season and Nick Foles didn't do well, then it's like, well, why aren't we playing Mitch, our number two pick? Let's see if, you know, if he can turn things around. By playing him the first three games, it's like, okay, Nick Foles had a magical fourth quarter in the first game. If it wasn't for that, he would have been benched there. Then the second game, wasn't it the Giants? They just steamrolled the Giants because the Giants aren't very good. Yeah. And then uh week three it was like finally here's the time. We can finally have our opportunity to bench him. And there they go. Nick Foles comes in, lights it up.
0: Yeah. Well, here's one where we biffed. We, I mean we can we can admit that when it happens. The Carolina Panthers defeat the Chargers twenty one to sixteen. Uh Carolina gets their first win of the year. The Chargers, you know, they move to one and one and two. Uh we thought this was going to be a bad matchup for the Panthers, but Teddy Bridgewater was the Teddy Bridgewater of last year after I caught, said on the podcast he wasn't. He goes 22 of 28 for 235 in one touchdown. That one touchdown is enough, though. Uh, You know, I what's even to say?
1: Welcome back, Keenan Allen. Yeah. Keenan Allen was gone for about a year and a half, it seemed like. I mean, he did okay yet last year under Phillip Rivers, but 13 for 132. You can tell Herbert loves that guy. Herbert, 35 for 49, 330 in a tutty. You got to like what you see there. I don't know how they only scored 16 points. Too many field goals. Too many missed opportunities there to turn field goals into touchdowns. And then they still, Keenan Allen, that pitch at the end, that's a touchdown. They drew up the right play. Did you get a chance to see the final play of the game? I, I did not. Keenan Allen starts on the left side. He runs up and runs to the right. They throw a bullet to him. He catches it. And on the catch, he also pitches it to Austin Eckler. It is wide open. It's a touchdown. Easy. Keenan Allen throw, like pitches it almost a, a foot and a half behind Austin Eckler. Has to like turn around, drops the ball. But, I mean, you don't want that to be what ruins a game. I mean, that would have been a spectacular play all over Sports Center, But... The Chargers played well. They met. They missed Melvin Ingram on the defensive side of the ball for sure, but um, they got to get better in the red zone and on the opposing side's half. You can't kick three field goals in the second half. You got to be able to convert. Um, gotta be. Oh no, they scored probably. They went for two to try and make it a three-point game, but still, they they got to be able to put more points on the board. We already talked about this as a defense. If you allow twenty-one or less points you should win that game. So, offense has to do better there.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like I mean, Teddy wasn't going to turn the ball over. He consistently nickel and dime this team all the way down the field and they were okay with kicking field goals all day long. I mean, is it what you want to see? No, but I mean, the char- uh sorry, the Chargers had more yards. 436 to 300. They had more passing yards, more rushing yards. I mean, at the end of the day, the Chargers had three fumbles and an interception, and Carolina didn't turn the ball over at all. And that's been Bridgewater's mo. He typically doesn't. So it was the turnovers.
1: What what's it that? It was the turnovers. Yeah. The Panthers kicked five field goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it nothing special. The Panthers have their limitations. Um, yeah, Chargers got to be better. They're a good football team. I think they'll. I think they'll win more games probably moving forward with Herbert than then the panthers will so moving right along I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game this is exactly what we said was going to happen the only thing that didn't happen is Jonathan Taylor didn't put up Wisconsin like numbers the colts demolished the jets 36 to 7 the colts moved to 2 and 1 the jets moved to 0 and 3 they play again tonight probably going to lose sam darnold's atrocious throws three interceptions uh, the jets can't move the ball at all and the colts did whatever they wanted uh, I, I think they scored two defensive touchdowns in this game as mm-hmm. well.
1: Yeah, it, Jonathan Taylor didn't break any out, but they were using they were using a couple running backs to get them touches with with the injuries they've had at the position. I mean, yeah. Jonathan four yards of carry, Philip Rivers seventeen for twenty one. I mean, they did whatever they wanted the whole game
0: yeah this this game wasn't close and it's not like it's not like the Chargers are a great football team either that's what's crazy. They just literally obliterated a team that is nowhere near as good as them
1: you know I do think the Colts are better than we take it for. I think we set them back a little bit for their opening day loss to the Jaguars, but the Jaguars offense did shot quite a bit of people, and the Colts have been solid since then they beat a vikings team that we're not really sure what's going on but the defense played well against them the defense played well against the jets it, they haven't i don't know they've played three relatively bad opponents vikings jets and jacks so jerry's still out on them jerry's they did what they were supposed to do this game
0: the, i mean they fall in the same category as the steelers i guess i just have higher hopes for the steelers than i do the colts I mean their opponents haven't done anything, but they're beating their they're beating their opponents that they're put in front of, except for the Jags. Obviously, that one was uh, it was still a close game. Yeah, moving moving right along to what I think a lot of people probably considered the game of the weekend, the Seattle Seahawks in the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I really thought the Cowboys were going to win this game based off of just what I had seen from Seattle's defense, and I was partially right. Dak was Dak was good. Had a great game. Had a chance to win, but uh, unfortunately, there's this guy. Um, he's, a, he's a huge listener of the podcast, listens every week, uh, scored five touchdowns again this week. Russell Wilson. He's a difference. I mean, w- what do you even have to say about this game besides the fact that Russ is just unstoppable?
1: If you are in a shootout with the Seahawks, you have to have the ball left. And if you're not in a shootout, you need to keep Russell Wilson off the field. The Cowboys threw the ball 57 times with Dak Prescott. So it was a shootout. But who had the ball last? Russell Wilson. The The, the Seattle Seahawks have holes, no doubt. And we've seen it too much to, for it to not just be, what are you doing, DK Metcalf? everyone's seen the play what are you doing just score the touchdown like this game could have been way more this this game could have been a big Seahawks blowout but it wasn't it was close but like I don't I don't know they're just getting further and further away from Zeke I mean they're just getting further and further away from Zeke I don't understand why they don't use them as much if you're a Cowboys fan you're listening help me out on and, and if you like the Cowboys better just tossing the ball over the yard but it, 57 passes by Dak Prescott, I and mean, it's just not it's not how you win think, they, against Russell Wilson.
0: To, to be fair, I think the Cowboys have. I mean, if they're not number one, they're top three best receivers in the league. I mean, Gallup was great in this game, six for 138, a touchdown. Cooper nine catches. I, I think he's gosh, he's got to be up there in the league in catches. He's had a, he's had big catches every week uh CD Lamb the rookie comes in another solid game 5 for 65 uh a, a guy that came out of kind of nowhere said Wilson 5 catches for 107 and two touchdowns
1: good old Cedric
0: I, I mean they're doing whatever they want I mean they're giving it to Zeke too six catches for 24 I mean nothing nothing spectacular there but it, the difference in this game is Russell Wilson that's that period yeah. point blank you just the dude is incredible at this point, it's laughable.
1: I, I still don't like it when the Cowboys only have 14 rushing attempts by Zeke. I, I just don't think that's good for the Cowboys. I, so, I like right, n-
0: right now, in order for Russell Wilson to break Peyton Manning's touchdown pass record, I know it's early. We're three weeks into the year. But to break 55 touchdowns? Russ has to throw three a week and one week. He has to throw four. He's, he's throwing, throwing five, he's five. throwing five a week. I mean, now he four is week one and then five and five, but my Lord, I, this isn't even fair at this point. Do you see, him only having one in a game. No, <laughs> or even two. It just, it just seems like they're just obliterating people, but moving on, uh, I was pretty close on this game. You were, you were, you had a little higher expectations. Tampa Bay goes into Denver. Tampa Bay picks up the win twenty eight twenty eight to ten. They move to two and one. Denver moves to zero oh and three. The Buccaneers weren't amazing in this game. I think they kind of mailed it in towards the end. But Brady was good. Twenty five of thirty eight, almost three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin's back. He scores finally. Gronk gets involved six catches for 48. Uh, um, Mike Evans has three one yard touchdowns on the year of his four touchdowns. And you know, unfortunately, it Jeff school wasn't the answer. And they bring in this guy, Brett Ripon. He goes eight of nine for 53 yards in a pick. I mean, Denver, is, they're and We've talked about it. I got nothing more to say. Denver beat a team that they were supposed to beat, and they, they did it all right.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to look too much into this, this game. Uh, the Buccaneers got a glorified scrimmage and uh, just more reps for Tom Brady and those wide receivers, and they look good. And, again, everyone's going to keep talking about the offense and Brady and Gronk and all those receivers, and I get it, but Tampa Bay's defense is taking no prisoners. And uh, they're a good defense, so this is a team that's going to be scary going forward.
0: Yeah, moving on to our next game, Detroit beats the Arizona Cardinals twenty-six to twenty-three. They get their first win of the year, moving to one and two. Arizona takes their first loss, moving to two and one. You know this. This is a much like you know this is a few different games we've talked about today, but the the main story here is going to be Kyler Murray throws three interceptions. That's really the difference. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is great, 10, for, ten catches for 137. Uh, Kyler Murray's solid, 23-35, 270, two touchdowns, has a rushing touchdown, but the three picks is going to be the difference. What else you got to say?
1: No, he really covered it. I don't have much. Um, this is the game I was probably the most wrong on, without a doubt. Um, Kyler Murray came back down to earth and in a hurry. And uh, I believe Jeff Okuda got his first career interception as well. Um, I think he did. Three picks. I mean, that's something to to put your hat on. And the Lions have had a chance to win every game they've played this year. So, as a Detroit fan, you gotta like that. And um, it was a fresh uh, breath of fresh air getting Kenny Galladay back for them. Opened up their offense a little bit. So I think uh, the Lions take this, and it's like, okay, two close games. We can't quite get over the hump. Beat a 3-0 Cardinals team, shut them out in the fourth quarter, and they move on. DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league right now. Don't at me. And uh, that's all I got on this game.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I've i always said it's between him, him and Julio, and Julio's obviously, uh he's been hurt. So, yeah, Hopkins has been great. He's found, he's found that quarterback that likes to feed him. I mean, that's... He's always played with bad coach. quarterbacks, but, yeah, and coach. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a great fit for him. Moving on to our Sunday night football game. Uh, I, I was pretty much dead on in this game. Aaron Rodgers was fantastic, and it's crazy because we've, we've continuously talked about how Drew Brees has been lackluster without Mike Thomas. Aaron Rodgers didn't seem to give two shits that Devontae Adams wasn't on the field. Just launching the ball over the place. Alan Lazard comes out for six catches for 146 and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, th- his second-best receiver, Voltez Scantling, was held to one catch for five yards. It did not matter. Aaron Jones wasn't even a massive factor in this game. He had about 70 yards and a touchdown on the ground. This was all Aaron Rodgers, and he was great. And, and Breeze wasn't bad either, just uh, not enough to get it done. What do you think?
1: I believe I mentioned this on the power rankings, but people say Patrick Mahomes is the new Aaron Rodgers. But that comparison was made for a reason because Aaron Rodgers can do this. What he's done through three games on the year, just simply, I don't care where my body's at, and I don't care where your defense is. From shoulder to fingertip, I can put this ball anywhere I want on the entire field. Alan Lazard, was that Devonte Parker in his jersey? I don't know. I didn't get a close-up through the face mask because he was just balling out. But we did have someone on the Facebook page. They asked if they should start Ann Lazard, and we both gave it a thumbs-up immediately. Um. So hopefully they did because they're hurting on their bench if they didn't. yeah. Um. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a difference, and I know they've played some tough competition and some good offenses, but, man, this Saints defense got hyped for that first game. Make a statement against the new... You know, unoiled machine in the Buccaneers. And then since then, they've been ghost down the Saints. Like, everyone wants to rip Drew Brees and this offense who's missing their best player, arguably, and Michael Thomas. But this defense can't stop a nosebleed right now. Looks kind of lethargic out there. Alvin Kamara is fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. That's interesting. But, I mean, yeah, the Packers... People keep wanting to say, you know?" Last year, they their record didn't show who they really were. They weren't that good. They go out, they have a quite honestly a terrible draft. And they just come out and win games because they have Aaron Rodgers. But they are an Aaron Rodgers injury away from being shite. But as long as Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy, this team is formidable. Yeah, I will
0: say this. Drew Brees wasn't bad. 29 to 36, 288, and three touchdowns. His stats were very close to, to Aaron Rodgers. Um, he did force a ton of balls down Kamara, 13 catches for 139 and two touchdowns. The difference in this game was actually penalties. The Saints got penalized eight times, the Packers only twice. And Green Bay was able to score more points in the second half, 24 to 13. I mean, that's that's the biggest difference. So at the end of the day, What are you going to do in the fourth quarter? Aaron Rodgers was there and Drew Brees wasn't. So moving on, I couldn't have been more wrong about any game over the weekend besides maybe, I don't know, I think there was one other game that I kind of whiffed on, but this one was bad. This one was really bad. Oh, boy. If anybody tuned into Monday night's game with all the hype, you got to see one thing that I I was pretty certain wasn't going to be that much of a problem, but it definitely was. And then another thing that I knew was going to be a problem and was. First off, I, I thought Lamar Jackson could actually complete passes in this league. At least at a, decent, at a decent stage. I mean, Lamar Jackson was terrible through the air. Just really, 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 really bad. Uh, great on the ground, as always. This team had to get away from the run really quickly. The Kansas City Chiefs win this game 34-20. to They moved to 3-0. and and the Ravens are stuck with their first loss. But they looked really, really bad. And Pat Mahomes, I knew was going to be a problem. And boy, was he. Five total touchdowns. And literally everybody was scoring in this game. He, he threw it to his fullback. He threw it to his left tackle. I mean, literally everyone's scoring touchdowns. If I was out there, I would have scored a touchdown. It was just crazy. I mean, the, the guys you typically see, Kelsey... Uh, Edwards Hilaire, I mean, they they didn't even get touchdowns. I mean, Tyreek got one. uh, Hardman got one. I mean, Pat Mahomes was incredible. He's easily the number two quarterback in the league behind Russ at this point. And, uh, I mean, he definitely has an argument for being number one. But as we said yesterday, this man's never lost in September. He's never thrown a pick in September. And the most important thing, he owns the Ravens.
1: Yeah, They're, he's 3-0 against the Ravens. Um, when we talk about playoff teams, most playoff teams have good offenses and oftentimes good defenses as well. And the Chiefs, y- you have to be able to have the offense to score on the Chiefs' defense. That, I think that was the most incredible part, is that the Ravens' defense looked lost. Open Guys running everywhere. Patrick Mahomes could do whatever he wanted. But going to the other side, they they showed kind of the the blueprint on how you have to beat the Ravens. And not everybody can do it, obviously. The Ravens are going to win a ton of games. But what they did is they said, we're going to play press man on the perimeter. We're just going to man-to-man. And then we're just going to send the house at you. We're going to have a couple guys designated the running back. We're going to fan around the edge. And we're going to blitz you as Lamar Jackson. And sure, you're going to have some pop plays. You're going to have some run-around plays where you gash this early for 31 yards or a play where you run around and, and you make a complete pass here and there, but it's not going to be enough to keep up with our team. So Lamar Jackson struggles to play from behind, and he struggles to make pl- like passes in tight coverage. He needs the running game to be working to throw to wide-open guys. The Ravens are a complete team, but that, that's how you got to beat them. You, you got to be, you can't be afraid to lose by the big play if Lamar Jackson hits a one-on-one throw. What you can't do is try and stop the big play and just let them run all over you for an entire game. You got to put seven guys in the box because Lamar is a running back. And his numbers, yeah, he leads the league in passing touchdowns last year, and he completes these and that. It's because the running game is so good. A lot of his wide receivers have two, three yards of separation. So everyone knows Lamar can't just read a defense, snap, sit in the pocket, and dissect defenses. Just play straight up man-to-man. Their receivers aren't that scary. Sure, they're fast, but how many times did Marquise Brown have a guy beat? Two or three times, and Lamar misses the throw? So, I mean, that's the way you got to beat them, man up and blitz. But the Chiefs, God, they made the Ravens look silly. They made them look silly. And uh, like I said, they came out and beat the brakes off the Texans, and then I thought they'd be a little sluggish. The Chargers present problems that really no other team can with their with their defense, with the three all-pro corners that I love to talk about. They squeak by in a close win, show they can blow out a team, show they can win close. And they're like, "We'll bring on the top dogs." Oh, right, that's us. We're the top dogs. We're the defending Super Bowl champions, and it was a massive statement game. Get out of their way. We'll see what Bill Belichick does next week. But my God, did they make the Ravens look silly?
0: Couple things. I mean, had the Ravens not returned a kickoff return touchdown in the second quarter, this would have been really, really bad. Like, real bad. And I do want to bail out Lamar Jackson just a tad cuz I watched pretty much every bit of this game. I turned it off with maybe 2 minutes to go in the game. I mean, it just at that point it wasn't worth it. But Mark Andrews He dropped a touchdown in the end zone. He dropped another ball going over the middle. He was targeted 8 times, only 3 catches, not all of them were Lamar's fault. Mark Andrews did not exactly bail him out. And there was also a couple by Marquise Brown Targeted six times for only two catches. These receivers got to be better too in these games. They didn't do Lamar Jackson any favors. Now Lamar Jackson's not the most accurate passer in the world. I think we all know this, but there was a couple that was off the off the hands of Andrews and off the hands of of Brown, and they they just have to be better. Period. Have to be better. And Lamar's got to be better. uh,
1: What I don't like is when people start to kind of bail out Lamar, and and I get that. I mean, there were drop passes. I think every team had some drop passes this week. What what I can't get behind is Lamar Jackson is the regular season MVP. He is then voted by his peers as the single best player in the NFL, voted by NFL players. Scored seven points against the Chiefs.
0: Can't He can't complete a ball. He cannot complete passes.
1: Like... You cannot be that highly ranked, get those awards, and then only put up seven points. A guy that's never received an MVP vote has 14 touchdowns, Pl- plays everyone, just lights him up. I mean, I don't want to get too many comparisons like that, but he's not the best at his position. He,
0: ah, oh, I just, it was a popularity contest. Completely. And And the the thing is, is like the Ravens are very good at running the football. They did it okay. They had 158 on the ground, but it wasn't enough. I mean, it just you're you're too far down at this point. You have to be better. They averaged four yards a play. Kansas City averaged seven yards per play. They were gashing them. It was not close.
1: I don't blame Lamar for the loss because the Ravens defense was nowhere. But I do have to put it on Lamar for them to only find a way in 60 minutes of football to only score seven points. And the Chiefs, they, were, they missed an extra point in this game. They scored five touchdowns.
0: And a field that goal. Means, they missed a field goal, too.
1: Yeah. So, But I, I was just saying the score, you might think, oh, four touchdowns, two field goals they scored in every drive. No, they scored five touchdowns. But that means the Ravens had plenty of time on the ball. And to only score seven points. And, I mean, maybe they'll live to regret it, but they could have seized the momentum early in the game going forward on fourth and two. I thought that was shocking that John Harbaugh didn't do that. But I'm not going to get too much on a a middle of the game, you know, first drive, get points. But, like, you can't be the MVP of the league and only score seven points on a team that really doesn't have a super strong defense. But it's starting to become more and more apparent. If you take the Ravens seriously and you game plan for them like you would in the playoffs – or if you're another good team the ravens are beatable and they have a clear flaw their quarterback can't complete tight window throws
0: yeah and now here's the thing they're going to play the washington football team this week the ravens are they're going to blow the brakes off them don't let that fool you though guys cuz i mean it'll be interesting to see what'll happen when when another good defense comes along and, and plays lamar like that or gets a gets a lead you don't even have to be that good defensively. The ten- Tennessee Titans aren't that good of a defensive team. They knew exactly what to do, as did the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and you, the, as you as you noted, the Chiefs are going to play the Patriots this week. We'll we'll see how they do against uh, a defense that, in my opinion, is better than the Ravens. So
1: the teams the teams that have beat Lamar, the Chiefs can just outscore anybody. They played the Chargers in the playoffs, struggled to pass the ball. They played the Titans in the playoffs. Logan Ryan. Malcolm Butler they, they couldn't really throw on good defenses. And when you talk about good defenses that they see on a regular basis, last year, the Browns had a pretty good defense, beat the Ravens. They played the Steelers twice, both games. They lost by one possession. One even went to overtime and big Ben didn't play in either of those games. So it's a defense type of thing. Like if you, if your team can stop the run, you just have to play Lamar Jackson. Like he's another running back and every play you've got to call it for a run and just live with your your you know you got to look at your corners all all week. You got to look at your DBs all week in the meeting rooms. Hey guys, you're on an island this week cuz we're sending 7 into the backfield every play. You got to treat Lamar like a running back and until he can consistently win with his arm that's what every team's going to start to do, I believe.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah.
1: They're going to need help no. from their defense though. But it's the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. All terrible matchup
0: for them if the Ravens aren't going to complete passes you got to get a lead period they have to get the lead and they have to roll with the lead and if they don't it seems like it's an issue for them but well that wraps up every game uh you know stay tuned for a barn burner tonight you guys NFL Network's got the 0-3 Broncos versus the 0-3 Jets I mean whoo must tune into that one but a couple things in closing guys first off If you're listening to this and you haven't turned into our power rankings from Tuesday, give that episode a listen. Uh, People are clearly enjoying it. Uh, Most listened to episode uh, and Real Talk since March. And for that, I thank you guys. Uh, Thank you again for tuning into the Real Talk Live on Sunday morning. We'll be back this Sunday at 9 a.m. for another live show. And, uh, yeah, Brad, anything else in closing?
1: Nope. Uh, we'll see you guys Sunday for the live show. I'm sure everyone knows by now and have heard that the Steelers Titans are no longer going on on Sunday. So I should be able to get a, a good day sitting and watching all the other games because I don't really have, you know, I got the ticket, so I don't really have a team to watch. I'll be watching a lot of games. Um, so, yeah, no Steelers. I'll be, be looking forward to the live show. You know, hit me up. We can cool. talk during the during the shows if anybody wants to talk while why the games are on. But thanks for listening.
0: All right, guys. We will be back next week. Until then, see you guys later. Go pat.
1: Later, three no feels great.